Bacio surori, nădăjduiesc că ați avut un Thanksgiving binecuvântat de Domnul, că v-ați bucurat împreună cu familiile dumneavoastră și așa cum am cântat în seara aceasta, pentru că Domnul merită toată lauda, vrem să ne închinăm înaintea Lui. În seara aceasta Domnul pregătește pentru noi o hrană spirituală bogată, pentru că de fiecare dată când ne adunăm în numele Domnului, există o priveliște cerească care are dorința să privească ce se întâmplă în mijlocul copiilor lui Dumnezeu. De aceea rugăciunea noastră, cântarea noastră, vestirea Evangheliei, închinarea înaintea lui Dumnezeu are valoare pentru că Domnul este bun față de noi. De aceea aș vrea să avem o rugăciune cu toți înaintea Domnului la începutul acestei slujbe divine, o rugăciune care îmbrățișează toate dorințele noastre spirituale și materiale, exprimată în cuvintele Domnului Iisus Hristos, în rugăciunea pe care i-a învățat pe ucenii să se roage și care aș vrea să ne rugăm și noi în seara aceasta, rugăciunea domnească Tatăl nostru. Așa că am să rog pe cei de la proiecție să proiecteze, dacă se poate, această rugăciune pentru tinerii care poate nu s așa versați în limba română, Și aș vrea să o declarăm cu toții ca o rugăciune înaintea Domnului, așa cum ne-a învățat Domnul, și să spunem cu toții în cor această rugăciune, dacă putem să fim atenți să spunem cu toții deodată. Haideți să începem! Tatăl nostru care ești în ceruri, sfințească-se numele Tău, vie împărăția Ta, facă-se voia Ta, precum în cer, așa și pe pământ. Pâinea noastră, cea de toate zilele, dă-ne-o nouă astăzi și ne iartă nouă greșelile noastre, precum și noi iertăm greșiților noștri. Și nu ne duce în ispită, ci izbăvește-ne de ce rău, căci această împărăția și puterea și slava în vecii vecilor. Amin. Frați și surori, aș să venim acum cu o rugăciune din inimă. Știu că rugăciunea aceasta am făcut-o așa ca și o biserică cu două culturi, atât românească cât engleză, dar aș vrea în rugăciunea aceasta să stăm înaintea Domnului, să cerem binecuvântarea peste lucrare din seara aceasta și zic Domnul să ne binecuvinteze. Când ne rugăm și terminăm rugăciunea împreună, prin fratele păstor Elu Nicolae, pe care rog să vină aici în față, continuăm înaintea Domnului, cerând ca Duhul Sfânt să se ocupe de noi, să se ocupe de viețile noastre și Duhul Sfânt în seara aceasta să ne vorbească. Ne rugăm cu toți în comun. Tatăl nostru!
Tată iubit din cerul, suntem înaintea sfințeniei Tale și să mulțumim, Doamne, pentru că ne-ai îngăduit cu viață, cu sănătate, ca și în seara aceasta, Doamne, să fim la locul de închinare. Binecuvintează, Doamne, pe mic, pe mare, pe tânăr, pe bătrân, Doamne, și în seara aceasta te rugăm, lasă-l pe Duhul Sfânt, Doamne, să ne cerceteze pe fiecare în parte. Ai în vedere, Doamne, pe cei care nu sunt cu noi, pentru cei care sunt bolnavi, Doamne, Iisusă, Te rugăm în numele Tău să-i cercetezi acolo unde se găsesc ei. Pentru cei ce au nevoie de atingerea Ta, Doamne, te rugăm să le dai vindecare, să le dai viață, să le dai sănătate, Doamne. Și te rugăm de asemenea, Doamne, binecuvinte întreaga slujbă din seara aceasta. Cu autoritatea Ta divină, Doamne, autorizează întreaga lucrare. Te rugăm, Doamne, binecuvinte cântarea de la Binecuvintă, Doamne, mesajul Evangheliei, binecuvintă robii Tăi care vor aduce cuvintul Tău, Doamne. Fă, Doamne Iisuse, ca cuvintul Tău să fie, Doamne, sub călăuzirea Duhului Tău cel Sfânt. Te rugăm de asemenea, Doamne, pentru noi care suntem aici, să ne dai o inimă bună, să lăudăm numele Tău, Doamne. Te rugăm, pregătește ființa noastră pentru a sta înaintea Ta. Îți mulțumim, Doamne, că până în prezent ai fost cu noi. Ne-ai binecuvântat, Doamne. Ne-ai protejat. Ne-ai păzit de primejde, de accidente, Doamne. Ne-ai dat viață și sănătate. Leudat să fie numele Tău, Doamne. Binecuvintează, Doamne Iisuse, familiile noastre. Binecuvintează, Doamne, tineritul casei Tale. Toți împreună, Doamne, dorim să Te leudăm pe Tine, să preamărim numele Tău și îți mulțumim pentru că ceea ce Tu binecuvintezi rămâne binecuvântat în veci. Amin. Corul mixt onorează numele Domnului cu o cântare. Salutăm pe fratele Odniel Știr, care de asemenea va cânta spre Sava Domnului și în urmă vă am scutat primul mesaj al serii prin fratele Jordan Pence, spre lauda Domnului și îmbărbătarea credinței noastre. Ocupăm locurile și ne închinăm Domnului.
Pacea Domnului, Domnul să vă binecuvinteze. Anul acesta a fost un an de multe surprize, poate, pentru mulți dintre noi și încă nu-i gata, dar prin toate numai Domnul ne-a ajutat și ne ajută. Cântarea aceasta ne vorbește și ne spune și de fapt este inspirată din cuvântul Domnului care spune că pacea Lui care întrece orice pricepere ne va păzi inimile, doar prin pacea Domnului, doar prin liniștea care o dă Duhul Sfânt. Așa putem să străbatem zi de zi prin Valea Plângerii. Domnul să ne ajute. Amin. Tu 
Ești pacea mea, Iisuse, doar Tu ești nădejdea mea. Când mureai pe lemnul crucii, Tu mi-ai dat din pacea Ta. Să-ți mulțumesc, Iisuse, Domnul meu, iubirea mea, Pentru pacea ta cea sfântă, Ce mi-ai dat prin Golgota. Pacea ta mă liniștește, Pacea ta mă întărește, Pacea ta mă întărește zi de zi mereu. Îmi aduce siguranță, Pacea ta îmi dă speranță, Că într-o zi voi fi acasă lângă Domnul meu. Pacea ta mă liniștește, Pacea ta mă întărește, Pacea ta mă însoțește zi de zi mereu. Îmi aduce siguranță, Pacea ta îmi dă speranță, Că într-o zi voi fi acasă lângă Domnul meu. Că într-o zi voi fi acasă lângă Domnul meu. Good evening, church. Hope you all had a, a nice Thanksgiving. Uh, I know I did. Lots of good food. Just no Romanian food. I guess that comes with, with being American, unfortunately. But um, yeah, it's good to be with you guys tonight. Um, tonight, I want to speak about something that I've been, as I've been preparing this message, I've been learning about myself that I lack in, and that's um, this idea of contentment. Um, it's It's something as as I've been as I've been studying for this message this this week, and I've been reading through the book of Philippians and seeing, learning more about the life of Paul and um, the struggles he went through, but how he was content through it all. And I look at my life and I'm I think to myself, wow, I, I really I really struggle in this in this area. Um, I want to just begin by by reading out of Philippians 4, 10 verses 13 or four verses 10 through 13. This is what it says. It says. I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Not that I'm speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low. I know how to, be, how to, uh, how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen. Um, you know, when we, we read this and, uh, you know, we hear Paul saying, you know, he knows how to be brought low. He knows how, how to abound. And in every circumstance, he's learned that the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. He's learned the secret of being content. And for most of, if not all of you know a lot, a lot about Paul and you know, he didn't have an easy life. He didn't, he didn't have a life that, um, 
Maybe we all want necessarily as Christians, you know, he's, he's suffered a lot, but he still learned the secret of being content. I think as Christians, that's something that we, sh- we need to be taken, taking seriously as well so that we can be effective in, in our ministries even when life's not going great. Um, you know, Paul, he wasn't, you know, in, in the time he lived in, wasn't necessarily look, probably looked at as a very successful person in, in his ministry. You know, he wasn't, he wasn't living in... in um, luscious wealth but you know we see a lot that he was he was persecuted and and he had adversity coming every which way um you know he he struggled with his with his health not so much because he was sick all the time but because he was constantly taking on abuse constantly taking on um on um people um whipping him and and doing different things i'm sure his body wasn't in great in great condition um, but in spite of everything he went through, he still was happy and was still content. And why was that? Why? It's because he had Jesus. And, and he knew that Jesus was all he needed to be content. Jesus was all he needed to, to have enough and to, to, to be satisfied. You know, I want to I just kind of read some of the things that, that Paul endured during his ministry because I think it really gives us a really clear image of what he really faced and what he really endured. And mind this, in, in spite of everything I'm about to read, he still lived a life of contentment. This is what it says. I'm going to be reading out of 2 Corinthians uh, ver- chapter 11, verse 24 to 29. Sam, if you can somehow get that up. I'm not sure if you can, but I'm just going to start reading. It says, uh, Five times I received at the hands of the Jews the forty lashes less one. That's five times. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I was adrift at sea. On frequent journeys. In danger from rivers. Danger from robbers. Danger from my own people. Danger from Gentiles. Danger in the city. Danger in the wilderness. Danger at sea. Danger from false brothers. In toil and hardship. Through many a sleepless night. In hunger and thirst. Often without food. In cold and exposure. And apart from other things, there is the daily pressure of me, of the daily pressure on me of my anxiety for all the churches. Who is weak? Am I not weak? Who is made to fall? Am I not indignant? Man, Paul had a hard life. I mean, Paul, Paul was, was an extremely faithful apostle of Christ. He was a f- extremely faithful to the call that God had on his life. But man, he, he, he suffered for the gospel. He's a true example of someone who, who, who suffered. You know, today's, today's society tries to teach us that if you're if you're a Christian, if you if you give your life to God, you're gonna you're gonna have you're gonna have wealth, you're gonna have your health, you're gonna you're gonna be successful, you're gonna have a, a big family, um, an awesome wife or an awesome husband, um, and that life's gonna be gonna go great for you. But Paul is a prime example that that's not what the case is. And, and scripture teaches us the exact opposite as well. He knew that he knew that man if I have to suffer for a little bit here on earth so that I can, I can push forward the mission that God has given me, which is to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, who in their time just a few years before he was preaching had died on the cross for their sins. If, 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 if me suffering um, and, and living on this earth and following Christ means that I get to share the good news of Jesus Christ to some people, man, it's worth it. 
You know, it might be a hard life. It might be, it might be difficult. He might struggle and be in pain a lot of time from actual, actual beatings, not just spiritual pain or emotional pain, but physical pain. Man, it's worth it to him. You know, it, it, he understood that it, cost, it costed to be a follower of Christ. Um, you know, he understood the cost, but he also awaited the reward. He knew that, that this wasn't it. There was, there was more to come. There is, there is, a, an, an, a, there is a, an eternal reward that was beyond his imagination that was coming in the next life and that this was just short. It wasn't, it wasn't a forever thing. And so tonight, I want to just look at a couple, um, a couple different um, elements that help Paul to remain content in Christ. You know, I, I believe there's, there's several of them, but I just want to, I want to touch on a couple of them. Um, the first one being hope. Paul had hope. Boy, did he have hope. If he was able to endure everything he went through and still continue on with, with the, the, uh, the mission, man, he had hope. Uh, he had hope in the life to come. Hebrews 13, verse 14, also written by Paul, it says this, For this world is not our home, or is not our permanent home. We are looking forward to home yet to come. He understood he was just, just here on mission. He, he, had, um, he had a hope that, you know, even though I'm going to suffer here, even though I'm going to follow God with my everything, man, one day I'm going to go to my eternal home in heaven where I get to, to sit at the right hand of God and I get to, to, to live in, in, in the, the indescribable, unimaginable glory that is to come. He understood that. Um, Paul understood that the suffering was just temporary. And I, I want to read, read for you out of the book of Second Corinthians Chapter 4, verse 16 to 18, it says this, So we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is, wa- is, wasted away, is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light and momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all uh, comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. Man, it's, I think it's so encouraging that Paul was able to keep going. Paul was able to, to keep going, and he was able to look at everything that happened to him and still compare all that horrible stuff to, to a light and momentary affliction. I mean, that, that, that's a pretty bold statement in comparison to what he suffered, but he still calls it a light and momentary affliction. If we look at our lives, man, I'm, I'm sure we, we all are struggling with something right now. We're all enduring a difficult season in our, in our lives, a difficult hardship in our lives, something that we're just not quite sure how to handle. We're not quite sure what comes next. We're not, we're not quite sure what to do. Maybe, maybe we have um, us or someone that we know is struggling with a sickness, struggling, uh, maybe has, has cancer, and you don't know if they're going to they're going to recover or if if that's going to be the end for them. Maybe maybe someone you know has 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 COVID. And although most people recover from it, there are there are there are bad cases of it. Maybe you you have someone who who's really really struggling and is sick in bed or sick in the hospital with COVID. Maybe you know maybe you have someone in your family who's who's walked away from God. I know I know that's a reality in my in my life. And, and it's, it's hard. Maybe, maybe you're wondering, man, I've, I've been praying and praying for, for my son, for my daughter, for um, my brother, for my, my um, parents, for my cousins, for my friends, and there's nothing, nothing's happening. And, and it's, it's, it's a burden on you, and it's, it's heavy on you, and, and you, you want to know what, why, this, why this is, but you don't. 
Maybe you're, you're struggling with a personal hardship, just something that's very personal to you, whether it be a spiritual struggle you're, you're facing or something that, that is weighing you down that maybe you haven't told anyone. That's a struggle and that's heavy and, and you don't know what to do or maybe it's, it's the fear of what's to come. You know, our country's going in a crazy, crazy direction right now. T- things that we wouldn't have imagined 10 years are suddenly coming, coming to pass and um, morality is slowly going, going down the tube, you know? What, what, is, what was clearly wrong 10 years ago is somehow clearly right. I, I don't know how, how that is, but maybe, yeah, maybe you just don't understand why all these, these things are happening. But calls, Paul calls them um, light and momentary, light and momentary afflictions, things that aren't going to last forever because one day we're going to be able to be in heaven with our Savior. Paul had that hope. And I pray that we have that hope too. You know, because one, one day, as it says in Revelation, one day we're going to be in eternal glory where there's no more death. One day we're going to be in eternal glory in heaven where there's no more sorrow. One day we're going to be in heaven where there's no more pain and no more tears. But while we're here on earth, what we need to do is pray to God and say, Lord, please help me to please be content where I'm at. Lord, please, where I'm feeling weak, where I'm feeling heavy laden. Lord, please give me rest. Please give me strength. Because as it says in Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And that's not just talking about, man, I need, a, I need a new job. God strengthen me so I can get this job. No, that also means, man, I'm going through a really hard time. Please strengthen me so I can get this through this hard time. Yes. And God's faithful to do so. We, we can all attest to that in our own lives. God's faithful, ever faithful, all the time. He's good all the time. Amen? Amen. Uh, uh, the, next, the next element that helped to lead to, to Paul's um, confidence and his contentment in Christ, I believe, is um, the element of praise. Paul understood praise, and he, he even instructed praise in, um, earlier in Philippians 4. Philippians 4, verses uh, 4. Verses four. <laughs> he says this, um, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ. So as we, as we give all this to God, and, and, and God, and as he's faithful to, to you know, to, to guard our hearts and your minds with, with the peace that, 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 that transcends all understanding. He also tells us to rejoice. And what, when does he say to rejoice? Does he say to rejoice when things are going good? Does he say to rejoice when, when, when I'm happy and I, I've finally gotten everything and I'm finally at a place in my life that I'm happy? No, he says rejoice always. And in the Greek, do you know what always means? It means always. And I actually looked it up because I wanted to make sure that I wasn't just going to say that as some cliche line. It actually means um, Always, always means always, and he, there's no condition to when we should rejoice and praise God. Even in the, the lowest and the hardest of situations, we should say, God, praise be to you for your goodness and for how you've taken care of me through all the situations I've been, I'm going through. Now I'm going through some hard things, but I know they're going to take care of me because you're good. Um, Paul, something that, that Paul excelled in, he excelled in this is that he didn't keep his eyes on the conditions of life. And to, to, and allow, he didn't allow those to guide him, but he kept his eyes on Jesus to allow him to guide, yeah. him to be his guide. You know, oftentimes we allow, we allow the situations that we're in to guide us, and, and 
Like, if I'm, if I'm doing bad, then, then we're like, God, why is this happening? Come on, why, why are you allowing this to happen? But, but just like Paul said earlier, rejoice in all situations. Let God, let God and his promises guide you during the difficult times and in the good times. We don't praise God enough in the good times. We need to do that more. Acts 16, verses 22 to 25, we see, we see a scenario where um, you know, Paul and Silas have been dragged to the courtyard because they've, they've, uh, um, they've caused... Civil disrest, I guess you would say. That's what they would call it. Acts 16, verse 22 to 25. I'm just going to read this for you. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas, and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. After they had, they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer com- was commanded to guard them carefully. Again, another example where, where Paul was, was, was beaten, him along with, with Silas. And yeah, the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the locks. Uh, at this point, I think if I, was, if I was a follower of God or if, if I'm thinking how Paul might react, I think, like, God, why? I, I think that maybe Paul would, would be talking to God, like, God, I'm, I'm trying to serve you. I'm trying to be faithful in my ministry. Why is this happening? Like, are you serious? Like, Lord, please just let something good happen to me. Give me, like, give me a break. Come on, God. But that's not what Paul does. He does the exact opposite. Paul says about, at verse 25, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was a violent earthquake that the foundations uh, of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. Paul, didn't, Paul and Silas, they, they didn't complain. But what did they do? They praised God. They praised God. It says they were praying and singing hymns to him. They were, they were singing and glorifying God in the midst of yet another pretty crummy situation that they found themselves in. But they didn't complain. They said, they said God, you're still good. You know, we don't know exactly what they said, what they prayed, what they sang. But I can just imagine them saying, man, God, you're still good. God, I'm in, I'm in the pits right now, but you're still faithful. God, I trust you. And how often do we do that in, 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 our, in our hard times? Or how often do we do that? But I feel like lots of times we, we maybe say, God, again, seriously? God, I was finally in a place where I was feeling content. God, now you're putting me, putting me in another struggle? Come on, God. No, but Paul says, hey, rejoice always. And that's what he does here. Um, and it's so important that we just take hold of this. And I, I want to bring this to a close um, as, as we just, uh, as I conclude, and just encourage you guys, don't don't lose heart. Wherever you're at, don't don't lose don't lose heart. You know, Paul Paul was was content because his eyes weren't on the situation, his eyes weren't on the struggle he was going through, but his eyes were on on Jesus on Jesus Christ the whole time. They were on God and what was to come. They were they were on God and his, on his his goodness. He didn't he didn't look at the the outward situation, but he, he kept his eyes firmly set on Jesus. It's not like, like when, when, when Paul got hit with a hit and flogged, he was like, oh man, that hurts so good. That hurts so good. No, I'm sure it was, I'm, I'm sure it, it, it was a horrible experience, but he didn't let that experience to, to direct where his eyes were looking. He didn't let that experience to, to guide his thoughts and his mind. But no, he, even in that, he was like, Man, God, if, if this suffering is going to bring you glory, God, bring it on. Bring it on, because it's just you and me, and I know you're going to take care of me. So just to conclude, although we may suffer, we can live with the contentment and hope, because greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. 
Greater is our God than the sufferings and the struggles we endure. Christ is enough and he is sufficient. Amen? Amen. God bless you. I love you guys. Dumnezeu să-L binecuvinteze. Cu biserica ne aflăm la Faptele Apostolilor, capitolul 22, în citirea Bibliei din anul acesta. Vă invit să ne ridicăm cu toți în picioare. Fratele Michael Duc va citi în limba engleză. Brothers and fathers, hear the defense that I now make before you. And when they heard that he was addressing them in the Hebrew language, they became even more quiet. And he said, I am a Jew born in Tarsus in Cilicia, but brought up in the city, educated at the feet of Gamaliel, according to the strict manner of the law of our fathers, being zealous for God as all of you are this day. I persecuted this way to the death, binding and delivering to prison both men and women, as the high priest and the whole council of elders can bear me witness. From them I received letters to the brothers, and I journeyed toward Damascus to take those also who were there and bring them in bonds to Jerusalem to be punished. As I was on my way and drew near Damascus, about noon, a great light from heaven suddenly shone around me. And when I and I fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to me, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And I answered, Who are you, Lord? And he said to me, I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom you are persecuting. Now those who were with me saw the light, but did not understand the voice of the one who was speaking to me. And I said, What shall I do, Lord? And the Lord said to me, Rise and go into Damascus, and there you will be told all that is appointed for you to do. And since I could not see because of the brightness of that light, I was led by the hand by those who were with me and came into Damascus. And one Ananias, a devout man, according to the law, well spoken of by all the Jews who lived there, came to me and standing by me said to me, Brother Saul, receive your sight. And at that very hour I received my sight and saw him. And he said, the God of our fathers appointed you to know this, his will, to see the righteous one, and to hear a voice from his mouth. For you will be a witness for me, for him to everyone of what you have seen and heard. And now, why do you wait? Rise and be baptized, and wash away your sins, calling on his name. When I had returned to Jerusalem and was praying in the temple, I fell into a trance and saw him saying to me, Make haste and get and get out of Jerusalem quickly, because they will not accept your testimony about me. And I said, Lord, they themselves know that in one synagogue after another I imprisoned and beat those who believed in you. And when the blood of Stephen, who, who Stephen, your witness, was being shed, I myself was standing by and approving and watching over the garments of those who killed him. And he said to me, Go, for I will send you far away to the Gentiles." Up to this word, they listened to him. Then they raised their voices and said, Away with such a fellow from the earth, for he should not be allowed to live. And as they were shouting and throwing off their cloaks and flinging dust into the air, the tribune ordered him to be brought into the barracks, saying that he should be examined by flogging, to find out why they were shouting against him like this. But when they had stretched him out for the whips, Paul said to the centurion, who was standing by, 
is it lawful for you to flog a man who is a Roman citizen and uncondemned? When the centurion heard this, he went to the tribune and said to him, What are you about to do? For this man is a Roman citizen. So the tribune came and said to him, Tell me, are you a Roman citizen? And he said, Yes. The tribune answered, I bought the citizenship for a large sum. Paul said, But I am a citizen by birth. So those who were about to examine him withdrew from him immediately. And the tribune was also afraid, for he realized that Paul was a Roman citizen and that he had bound him. But on the next day, desiring to know the real reason why he was being accused by the Jews, he unbound him and commanded the chief priests and all the council to meet, and he brought Paul down and sat him before them. Amen. Onorăm pe Domnul cu darurile noastre de bunăvoie în timpul unei cântări comune. Frații responsabili cu colecta, îi rugăm să ne ajute. Vă invit să ocupați locurile.
Anunțurile sunt, după cum urmează, mai întâi pentru toți cei care doriți să vă îmbogățiți, biblioteca personală, vă rugăm să treceți pe la bookstore, e perioada de ieftinire până la 50% în afară de Biblii. Apoi programul săptămânii este, așa cum s-a mai anunțat și altă dată, marțiara, Ladies Choir, repetiție la ora 7, miercuri, întâlnirea bisericii la părtășie frățească, paralel cu întâlnirea din biserică, corul de copii și corul de tineri au repetiție. Corul mixt are repetiție joi seara și apoi conducerea bisericii, vineri seara la ora 7, are următoarea întâlnire. Cât privește prima duminică a lunii viitoare, în slujba de dimineață, așa cum obișnuim și vrem și de data aceasta, prin ajutorul Domnului, să avem cina Domnului, aș vrea ca să ne pregătim inimile și Dumnezeu să ne binecuvinteze. Pentru slujba de după masă, cu ajutorul Domnului, fratele Florin Pop, care a mai fost în mijlocul nostru, urmează ca să viziteze biserica noastră, un bărbat curajos care a venit în perioada aceasta COVID-ului din România să viziteze și să facă misiune pentru lucrarea care o face. Cu ajutorul Domnului ne rugăm ca Domnul să-l aducă cu bine în mijlocul nostru. Sigur că în atenția dumneavoastră vreau să fie și 13 decembrie, de azi în două săptămâni, la slujba după masă vom avea Christmas Concert al Bisericii pentru anul 2020. Așa cum se sublinea din aur, nu știm ce mai aduce anul până la sfârșit. Dar până la sfârșit, zicem Domnul să ne păzească. Și de aceea ne rugăm binecuvântarea Domnului pentru toți care sunteți acasă. Ne priviți online și vreau să știți că ne rugăm pentru voi, pentru cei care sunt afectați, alții care sunt plecați cu ocazia sărbătorii mulțumirii, sunt plecați la rude, pe toți oriunde sunt. Dumnezeu să-i cerceteze. Și celor bolnavi, Domnul să le dea sănătate. Ne închinăm Domnului în continuare cu fratele Leon Nicolai, care va cânta o cântare, corul mixt, după care din nou fratele Otniel Știrb cu un solo spre slava Domnului și apoi lucrarea va continua în seara aceasta.
Clipă de clipă mă întreb când o să vină. Sunt copleșit de dor și îl aștept spre infinitele zări și spre lumină. Foarte aproape E chiar pe drum Și în curând Va reveni Va risipi Orice durări și în glas de șoapte Noi vom pleca Spre infinit Ne despărți. Foarte aproape E chiar pe drum Și în curând Va reveni Va risipi Orice dureri și în glas de șoapte Noi vom pleca Spre infinit Ne despărți. Strălucire, atunci se va umple zarea. Când se va întoarce Isus ca un răspuns, la lacrimi, la dor, la suspin, la așteptarea celor ce l-au iubit de pe dar știu și cred că Domnul meu e foarte aproape, e chiar pe drum și în curând va reveni. Va risipi orice dureri și în glas de șoapte, noi vom pleca spre infinit, ne despărți. Știu și cred că Domnul meu e foarte aproape, e chiar pe drum și în curând va reveni. Va risipi orice durere și în glas de șoapte, noi vom pleca spre infinit. Amin.
vei, va reveni Cuvântul ce sfânt se va împlini Noi toți părăsivom al vieții tu mult Îți spun să fii gata că nu mai e mult Haideți să cântăm împreună Curând Domnul Slavei va reveni Cuvântul ce sfânt se va împlini Noi toți părăsivom al vieții tu mult Îți spun să fii gata că nu mai e mult Să cântăm Maranata Vino, Doamne, cât mai curând Să cântăm Maranata Până când vom pleca de pe pământ Să cântăm Maranata Vino, Doamne, cât mai curând Să cântăm Maranata Până când vom pleca de pe pământ Națiuni se revoltă, vedem neîncetat Iar lumea se afundă mai mult în păcat Vechează într-una, păstrează-te sfânt Îți spun să fii gata, că nu mai e mult Națiuni se revoltă, vedem neîncetat Iar lumea se afundă mai mult în păcat Vechează într-una, păstrează-te sfânt Îți spun să fii gata, că nu mai e mult Să cântăm Maranata Vino, Doamne, cât mai curând Să cântăm Maranata Până când vom pleca de pe pământ Să cântăm Maranata Vino, Doamne, cât mai curând Să cântăm Maranata Până când vom pleca de pe pământ Sunt multe semnale Că ziua de apoi E tot mai aproape El vine pe noi Vechează și stai Ca străjerul pe turn Îți spun să fii gata Că nu mai e mult Sunt multe semnale Că ziua de apoi E tot mai aproape El vine pe noi Și stai ca străjerul pe tur Îți spun să fii gata că nu mai e mult Să cântăm Maranata Vino, Doamne, cât mai curând Să cântăm Maranata 
Până când vom pleca de pe pământ Să cântăm marea mea ta Vin-o, Doamne, cât mai curând Să cântăm marea mea ta Până când vom pleca de pe pământ Pregătim să ascultăm cuvântul Domnului prin fratele păstor Nelu Mois, dar înainte de aceasta cu toți împreună cu worship timp, cei care puteți, haideți să ne ridicăm în picioare și să cântăm Domnului cu bucurie, anticipând ca Domnul să ne vorbească.
Să deschidem cu tot cartea Domnului la Evrei, capitolul 13 și vom citi două versete, versetul 5 și 6, pagina în traducerea Cornelescu, 1186. Cuvântul Domnului spune astfel. Să nu fiți iubitori de bani, mulțumiți-vă cu ce aveți, că Cel însuși a zis, nici de cum n-am să te las, cu niciun chip nu te voi părăsi. Așa că putem zice plin de încredere, Domnul este ajutorul meu, nu mă voi teme. Ce mi-ar putea face omul? Amin. Vă rog să ocupați locurile. Am sărbătorit și anul acesta, sărbătoarea mulțumirii care a fost cu mici deosebiri. 